little shit that you understand is totally foolish. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Fuck you, Burger King. Fuck you, Pizza Hut. So when are we smoking some weed? That was a big thing. I'm being baked. I'm being baked like a cake. Like a cake, like a cake, my friends. How's everybody doing? They're being baked in the bowl. In the bowl, you're being baked. It's a uh, beautiful Tuesday night here in FEMA Region 7. I'm Sir Spencer. Wolf Casey. And I'm Dame DeLorean. Coming at you again with another episode of Bowl After Bowl. Yeah, episode 49. 49. Here we are. And it's November 17th, 2020. 2020. Happy birthday to Murphy. Yes. Eleven seventeen. The he's, puppy uh, patriarch. <laughs> officially nine today, yeah? Yeah, he's nine. Nine years old. I was uh, telling our three-year-old that it's his birthday, and he was like laying on the porch in the sun, just soaking up the sun, and uh, she was like, is he sleeping? I was like, yeah, he likes to sleep, you know? He's kind of an old man. And Rayla was like, an old man like dad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. An old man just like dad. We want to start the show by saying thanks to Dwadnam, who is our executive producer today. Dwadnam's in the chat. Woo-hoo! In the bowl. Thank you, Dwadnam. He sent in uh, 67,632 Satoshi. To the Bitcoin BitPay server, which is up now. Well, a BTC Pay, I should say. I should say it right and not wrong. Because those are two different things. BTC Pay server, we have it up again. And it's uh, easy, fast, quick, and anonymous. If you go to bullafterbull.com slash donate or click the donate button from anywhere on that gorgeous website that we have right now, uh, you will see a little button where you can send us Bitcoin. And there's like a little slider, which is just hard to drive. So it starts at <laughs> it starts at 420 USD. The whole thing's in USD. You can change the currency if you wish. Um, you slide it up and down, and it'll give you the equivalent Bitcoin. It'll give you a little cute QR code. It starts at 420, goes all the way up to 420 if you use the slider. But you can just highlight that number and type in any number you like. We are a value-for-value value operation. You don't have to say anything. That's, cool. That's right. Um, gee whiz. I'm, <laughs> I'm all alone here. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Solo in the bolo. <laughs> YOLO. Where are you at? Oh. Are you here? Yeah. All right. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, you could be like Dwadnam, too, uh, and help produce the show. Um, something else that we take is email and voice submissions. It's fun to read stories, and we have a new topic every week. We like to little, play a little game called First Time I Ever, where we pick a topic, and you tell us the first time you ever did that thing. And this week's topic is, I'm not going to lie, it's been kind of popular. People like it. I don't know if it's our crowd that likes it, or if it's just kind of like a funner thing to talk about, but first time I ever realized that the government had lied to us. The government was lying to us. So uh, we already have some responses 
in on that. We have some texts. We have some voicemails. Uh, but if you would like to leave us a voicemail, you know what to do. Call 816-607-3663 and the play of We'll play it. 816-607-DOOF. That'll get you there. Text or call. Tell us when uh, the first time you realized the government was lying to you. I got a good one. Yeah, I got a good one too. Other people have some good ones. So we'll save that for behind the curtain. But until then, you know, uh, get it on in. Get it on in. Thanks to NodeBit for allowing us. No debit. God, that always fucks with me. John (laughs) always calls him NodeBit. He's like no debit. I'm pretty sure everywhere else. Um, But that's fine. I don't know if it's like a Fletch thing. I'm just stupid. All of that. But anyway, he provides us the platform with which we stream on, the IceCast server that we're streaming to you on. Uh, and we really appreciate that because he just did it out of the goodness of his own heart. He just said, hey, here you, here you go. You guys are streaming now. What so, a dude. What a dude. Thank you, NodeBit. Always a pleasure and a lovely guy to have on your side. We, um, had, we had an art submission this week, too. Ooh. From at one on the NodeGen Oh, social. yes, that's right. That was fantastic. Epic piece yeah. of art. One, he uh, took my weird little... Uh... Is that a picture of you with like an Afghan and the Fushigi? Mm-hmm. He, and he shooped like or... some wings on me and uh, yin-yang in the, the background. It's pretty tight looking. Yeah. Very my style kind Maybe of thing. Maybe we can use it as the episode art for today. We could do that. I betcha. I betcha. But we'll share it one way or another. Yes. Put it in the show notes. I'll track it down here. It's probably right here. <laughs> Well, the bowlers can't see it, so. (laughs) Oh, I guess you can put it in the chat. Yeah, absolutely. Put it in the chat. We'll hunt it down for you. Oh, what a day. The moon was awesome tonight. It's just like a little sliver crescent right now. And uh, you came up with the first time I ever. (laughs) Yeah, I did. While you were looking at it, which is great. So we already know next week's. Oh, cool. Okay, I see where you're going with that. Um, Yeah, moon was nice. We got a nice chicken dinner. From the grocery store. Oh my gosh, they're the best. What it's better than just when you got your stupid groceries and you already have to go because you're going to be out of milk. And so you got to go to the dumbass grocery store. And then you walk out of there with like the deli fried chicken and like all the sides and everything also. And so then you get home and you put your groceries away and fucking eat. Dinner oh is served. Oh my God, that is the greatest. That's like one of the best things you can do. When their chicken is I highly, just... I highly recommend that. Delicious. We get the price chopper chicken because they do <laughs> the twelve bucks Tuesday meal. Yeah. Okay. Price chopper. Time to pay us now. So yeah. value for value for this native ad. <laughs> I mean, that's where I go. That's just where I that go. Is so it's value, man. Twelve bucks. It feeds the four of us, and we have leftovers. You get more, two yeah. sides, the chicken, mm, hand breaded too. It's more like a hot tip than a you know commercial per se. Well, not everyone is so lucky to have such a delicious grocery store. This is true. Although, I don't know. I think most places are going to have like a fried chicken deli thing. But not that Walmart bullshit, man. This is like, they're dropping birds in the fryer in the back for real. I know, but this is the $12 chopper chicken Tuesdays. You get the mashed taters. You get the uh, slave mac and cheese. If you so choose. They also have beans and... Well, I let Rayla pick. Different types of beans. Yeah, I let the three-year-old slave pick. I want potatoes and mac and cheese. Yeah. That's all right. That's how it kind of goes. We have vegetables here. Man, 
there is a crazy uh, story that came out of our city this week. This 29-year-old lady, she called to get her car towed, and when the car was being put on the tow truck, it ended up rolling off and rolling on top of her. Oh, and they couldn't get her out, so she died. That sucks. Well, I know. I told that in the most anticlimactic way, but I was just like, wow. <laughs> just another reminder. You never know <laughs> when you're going to go. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah, I thought that was a rough, rough local story. Well, she's dead. Well, she's dead. Leaving behind two kids. Sucks. No good. No bueno. I thought you were going to tell me she like crushed by like 33,000 pounds or something. No, no, no. Not blowing my 33 <laughs> load yet. Oh, man. Did you see that? Goodwill has partnered with a robotics company out of Pennsylvania. No. Yeah, so they're going to have robots in the back that are sorting all the donated goods. And the robot allegedly can identify issues such as like holes in clothing. It can also identify brands so that it it can like sort and upload pictures for the Goodwill's e-commerce site. Because oh, I know right. Goodwill yep. has like an auction site. That's right. I have interacted with that. Mm-hmm. I actually got a badass leather uh, vest off of that one time. That's right. And I bought you a badass fringe jacket, a leather <laughs> fringe jacket on there. Yep. No one had bid on it. It's like, hell yeah, I'll take that for Wicked Cheap. Thank you. That is a cool uh, Real website. Real leather. The Goodwill's uh, auction website is pretty cool. Yeah, you never know what you're going to find, which is why I love thrifting in general. But robots are crawling and sorting it now, huh? Mm-hmm. And they just did their training here in Kansas City, in western Missouri and eastern Kansas. They were able to call back a bunch of workers who had been laid off throughout the coronavirus to do this, to train with the robots. And they were all just like, wow, well, I never thought I would be working with robots, but, you know, now I'm trained to do this. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Give me a robot assistant. It's you always know? been my dream since I was four years old to work with the robots. I just want a robot to sort my clothes, fold my clothes. Fucking hell. Where's my Rosie? I would definitely take it. Rosie from the Jetsons. Come on. I think that it would be done by now. Yeah. Fuck. No, the robots are too busy rigging elections. Yeah, seriously. Can't be, uh, can't be bothered to fold your laundry and such. Have bigger fish to fry. No, no. Helping people around their homes? We can't do that. Then they might not need pills to be. Not so sad and feel like they need more energy to be productive for whatever people get pills for these days. Pills for anything and everything, I think. <sighs> yeah. Whatever's going wrong in your life, prescribe a pill. There's a pill for that. Ooh. Go save. Thank you. Ninja-like <laughs> reflexes. What can I say? Uh, and then, did you see Kansas City dropped our new COVID guidelines? That I did see. Oh, God. Yeah, I posted them on the No Agenda Social screen cap of the uh, the old email I got. Um, the thing that pissed me off the most... Okay, so they're saying, like, no more than 10 people can hang out. Whatever. Fuck right, you. at any gathering. You'll never catch me. Right. Whatever. Um, but now, they're requiring places to close at 10 p.m. How does a curfew stop the spread? I'm sorry. I don't understand. Totally arbitrary. It yeah. makes literally no sense to me. And you are fucking over bars. Again, the bars get it. Mm-hmm. It's like, 
what did the bars do to you? What did the bartenders do to you? What is your problem? And I remember Deborah Burke's on the phone with our wonderful mayor, sarcasm, sarcasm, mm. Mayor Lucas. She was on the phone with him trying to tell him to close restaurants and bars altogether. Like, fuck that. Quite a few months ago. And luckily, that didn't come to pass. But this is bad. You know, they've already been hit hard enough. A lot of these people were laid off for three months or more. Yeah. And now they're finally starting to get back into the swing of things, and they're just cutting their nuts off again. I really don't. I don't understand it. Because it does, it makes sense of all of the control mechanism that this thing has been. Obviously, they're let, you know, they've used it to leverage the election heavily, be able to kick people out from watching for no reason, just because of COVID regulations be able to argue in court, like, well, this is unprecedented COVID regulation. It's just a big fat excuse to boss people around and hide shit. Seriously. And they say any, all these other places that you might happen to go to, like gyms, rec centers, um, schools, the library, well, you're required to wear a mask at all times. And you, these places can't operate at more than 50% capacity. Like. The thing is, it's just going to take a um, a mass non-participation. That's what it's going to have to come to. And I think that's what it will come to. Yeah. Um, I think that there's just a bunch of shit stacking up so heavily that it's every, there's not that much longer that this whole charade or house of cards can hold up. It's like you're stacking bricks against like a spaghetti western set and it's going to just all come crashing down. People are going to realize a lot of things. They're going to realize how bad the election was rigged and stolen and manipulated. They're going to realize uh, how bad the COVID numbers were also manipulated. They're going to realize a lot of different things, I think, all at once. The media discredibility. Um, but it all kind of comes down to how this election thing shakes out. Now, you know... Me, I'm on Team Curry, that, and I believe that Trump already won. Um, that they just have to like show what happened in the election. Evidence is piling up so fast around, and it seems kind of like just they used everything. I mean, everybody knows the old tricks: uh, dead people voting, um, the voting machines that swap votes, kind of a newer thing. The um, blank ballots being dumped in the middle of the night type of shit. Uh, All of these can be used here or there to sway certain elections, certain ways, for a certain price. Uh, And you always have to pay people to do it. And so I think what seems to be indicated this time around is just that the software didn't quite allow them to pull it off enough for the full win, and they had to call in extra ballots and extra this and that. They did use too many of these tricks all at the same time in the same election in too many states. Mm. And it would seem, this is the thing, we've talked about it since the show right after the election, about praying mantis energy and about uh, um, kind of just a mindset and seeing the future you want and being a cheerleader for what you uh, want the outcome to be. And really, it's less for me about Trumpy, even though he's pretty much the guy that can pull it off. That's why Trumpy is kind of the hero figure, is because he's the one guy that has the fucking nads to actually stick this thing through and stand up to what's actually going on, the criminal enterprise that's going on. Um, It's not anything else about him, really, except for that. He's just the guy that's willing to do it. The team that he has around him 
are all guys that have a lot of clout, decades of uh, reputation that they've built up. You know, Giuliani might be the most goofball surface guy of all of them, as far as just like watch him on TV. He's a very animated guy, you know. It's easy to go, oh, crazy old man. But he did bust the uh, mob with the RICO prosecutions, and he has a, you know, a sterling record. L. Lynn Wood, although I don't think unofficially on the president's team, has been one of the most vocal in his certainty that, like, not just that Trump won the election and will prove that and prevail, not just that. His statements the last few days have been like, the governor of Georgia and the secretary of state of Georgia are going to jail. Joe Biden's going to jail. He's saying all this kind of shit to where you're like, okay, this seems like the edge of possibility. You know, this seems Mm -hmm. like the long shot of the long shot. I think that we're all fairly confident, like... The election will be figured out, and Trump will be in there four more years. But even with me, I'm like, Joe Biden in prison, that seems too good to be true. But it's 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 just wild the way these guys are talking. And so I figure there's really only two possibilities here. The first possibility is that uh, there's certain people, certain lawyers, certain uh, high-profile lawyers who are willing to pitch away reputations and careers that they've forged for decades— on what max nine weeks of hype so that's the first possibility or or maybe they've seen the hard evidence and they know they know what's going to happen they know what's coming down they know it's unavoidable so i tend to kind of feel like it's got to be the latter right i mean ellen wood he's first got really famous and well known for being the lawyer that defended Richard Jewell when Richard Jewell was totally uh, slandered by the press and set up to be this guy that he wasn't set up to be the bomber at the Atlanta Olympics when he clearly was not Um, and that's kind of the uh, total fake news media uh, mind control shit going on right there so he has been a guy who's consistently fought against that for damn near my whole lifetime um all these people really have great reputation so even a guy like scott adams uh seems to have at least seen something or been told something by someone he absolutely trusts enough to also be like all in um and it's kind of a frustrating time in a certain sense if only because we've been told to hang on so many times and for so long (laughs) that it's kind of hard you know it's easy to be like sure yeah. Yeah. Like, trust the plan. Whatever. <laughs> but there is, on this other hand, we're kind of up to a point where there's like this point of no return, where the path just fucking splits. We talk about split universes and separate universes, but like from this time that we're in, in this weird limbo between the election and this inauguration that's scheduled, the the paths diverge heavily, and one path goes to this place where Joe Biden is president for as long as it takes to make Kamala Harris president, where basically China is president, where basically, you know, George Soros and the strings behind the strings that we don't even know about are president. Yeah. Where all these fuckers, Lindsey Graham fist bumping uh, Kamala Harris on the Senate floor here, all of these fuckers, whether they're a Democrat or Republican... At the tippy top, Mitch McConnell, all of these fucking guys, they are playing both sides and in on the thing, and all these fuckers are, you know, all these fuckers are dirty. Yeah. All of them. Well, that's why we've said if anyone can expose the corruption, it's got to be Trump, because he's not part of this establishment. 
Well, and that's where the other path diverges. The other path is we the whole world finds out what really went down in this election, which is going to take a lot of explanation, frankly, because a lot went on. It seems like th- they fought at every uh, every little thumb they could put on the scale at every direction they did it. So untangling that big web with a limited amount of time, of course, it's going to be a challenge. But I, for me and for the Republic and for the future of anybody, economically, uh, future of freedom, ending this COVID shit, uh, ending the media's white knuckle grip on everyone's mind and belief like everyone's just about all of the normies wandering around out there their whole worldview is dictated by these script writers and these news readers their whole their political beliefs what they believe is true about fucking science what they believe is true about society sociology history their entire worldview is all pure Sped out and and accepted propaganda. The things they just repeat over and over. The memes that been debunked for years on our favorite podcast, the best one in the universe on No Agenda. These are the things that people just accept, and they're running on this base reality that is just fucking fairy tales. Yeah. And so I feel like society will have a huge opportunity to like grow and heal, like the Democrats are all preaching about. Uh, but it has to come shattering down first, and it's gonna be fucking wild. It's not gonna be pretty. You will have, I guarantee, some friends and family who will not take it very lightly or well, um, and they're in an unhealthy place. The beauty about being on the outside of all of that is that you can be the first, like, a first responder in the amygdala game, I guess you could call it, or whatever. But you can be the person who's like, hey, it's all right, you know, like those those news memes are incredibly powerful. So you shouldn't feel like you shouldn't feel stupid. What you should feel is pissed off. Yeah. What you should feel is angry. What you should feel is lied to, betrayed by everyone from your from your education system to the the political system, the parties, the political parties themselves. Everyone, top to bottom, who's been lying to you the whole time. And uh, the work starts after that. You know, the work starts the day after the reckoning, I suppose. I had mentioned it has been an interesting past two weeks with the amount of people who have come out from under the rock they've been living in, their little depression hole, honestly believing that they're under a dictator. And they're they're happy, and they're reaching out to me. You know, they're friends. They're connecting again. They're mm-hmm. being social. And I'm just like, wow, it's like really great to hear from you, and I'm glad that you're doing well. But you just know it's when temporary. the truth reveals itself, yeah. then I'm, yeah, it, that first responder role, immediately it's just like, great, all these people are on fucking suicide watch, <laughs> like, you know? Right. Well. It's an, I mean, politics isn't really something to get your emotions all tied up into either. This is true. We have to fight for freedom. Absolutely. But this isn't like an emotional game. And no, a lot of the things that... It's, yeah, it's a calculated game. It's it's all about, you know, chess moves. It's about thinking what's the next move and two moves and three moves and being all ready. And to me, it seems like Trump is one of the, one of the greatest, one of the greatest that there has ever been. Um... I could be wrong. This is another thing, too. I've been wrong before about things. Yeah. Uh, and I could be wrong again. Um, obviously, 
we would never trust any of these people ever again a single word that came out of their mouth um if that were the case but it just doesn't look you know there's no signs there's no signs of any other kind of look at you look at the social media companies leaning in so hard they're putting yeah up, why <laughs> they're putting up checks on every single tweet even from the president exactly about voter fraud and they had to answer a bunch of questions about that in in the senate today and christ almighty it's another little scam about coronavirus is they have these fucking zoom in senate hearings what a joke is that shit that should not be legal get their asses into the senate building these people can't appear before the senate because of a bullshit pandemic good christ and uh so the whole time as the senators are talking you can hear the feedback coming through jack's laptop oh because i guess the ceo of twitter can't get a fucking zoom setup going can't plug in a head headset or something you got to be kidding me on that. It's pathetic. The people that are running the shit, the competency level, it's either like they willfully don't give a fuck, which I think is probably part of it. Yeah. Or they're just so just grossly incompetent. I don't know, man. It's just kind of irritating. I didn't watch it, but I heard Zuckerberg just said, I don't recall. I do not recall. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't see any of Zuck's part, but I did catch some of Jack's part. Um, I'm basing my sources, Josh Hawley. And his tweets about today. Ah, uh, yes. He's fired up. Yeah, Mr. Hawley is definitely, uh, there's no guessing which side he's on. I don't know, though, man. It's kind of crazy. The implications on all this. Everyone is like, everyone who seems to have seen whatever the smoking gun is or smoking guns are, seems to be pointed to the data people, the people who can really read and parse the data and interpret it, understand what it really means, what it really says. And I mean, even Scott Adams was like, you know, Scott Adams was telling people like, your perception of reality will change after this is revealed. Which, for me, we've always known what's going on, even though we don't know exactly what's going on. Does that make sense? Yes. We know that we're being lied to. We know this shit does not add up, you know? You can't piss down our backs and tell us that it's raining because we know it's not fucking rain but we don't know where the dick that's pissing on us is at because <laughs> if we did or at least i fucking hope that if we did we would not tap that motherfucker i have seen so much complacency and so much just absolute willingness to roll the fuck over and take it in the butt and it's irritating the shit out of me uh yeah and i know i'm not alone in that but I think they've designed it this way. It's like the, it's the ultimate, um, it's the ultimate storm cloud. It's a, like a, on our spirit. A demoralization campaign. Demoralization is going on. again. The word I couldn't pick. Fucking, I never can remember that word. But demoralization is out of control. You know, they keep us separated. They keep our faces covered, so we can't even like think about that. Think about the subtleness. Of not allow not allowing to show your face in public during a time like this, or think yeah. of other historically oppressed times where the government is oppressing you. Make no fucking mistake, that's what's going on. The government is telling you you can't show your face in public. That's oppression. That's oppression. There's no fucking medical reason for it. That is a joke. You can look into it. See how effective masks are. I wear a fucking bandana over my face. I've seen t-shirts. I've seen people with it on their ear. And it's just dangling off their face. Everybody knows it's a joke. That's why when you go home, you take it off. That's why you're with your when you're with your friends, you don't wear one. 
Not even the masktards wear one. Well, and as soon as you're sitting down, you don't have to wear one. As soon as you're sitting down in a restaurant, (laughs) no one's wearing one. If you take a drink, no one's wearing one. And then they come up with asinine rules like, well, you can drink while you're sitting down and not wearing a mask, but you cannot take a drink and stand standing. Yeah. No dancing. Just just little shit that you understand is totally foolish, but people just fucking go along. People will call you some kind of, they pretend like you're committing assault or something. My sister is diagnosed with the fucking Rona. She went in for her, I believe, third test that she's taken during this whole thing, which right there, that's like step one of getting it. Make sure you get tested yeah. as much <laughs> as possible. We all know how that fucking scheme works. So now she's locked up in a bedroom. She's all fucking paranoid about like everyone she's like talked to. It's like, just calm down, man. People get, sometimes you get sick, but like the way that they are controlling people is just going to exacerbate every little sniffle you get, every little sore throat. People are freaking out, man. It's ridiculous. And back to what you were saying about our faces being covered in public and, like, the social implications of that. Right. How about telling families they can't see each other if you don't share a household? Like, seeing these pictures of newborns being visited by their grandparents and great-grandparents who are standing outside of the living room window. Yeah. This makes me sick. That is not good. Humans need interaction. We need smiles. We need to see smiles. We need to be able to hold each other and hug each other, especially our loved ones. But it's just not good. It's an assault on society. It's a societal assault, a social assault in social distancing. The, The implications of not being able to show your face is you can't communicate. can't communicate properly. And if you think about the small group of people who can kind of see around the shit even an eye even a glance of the eye in public you can communicate non-verbally but it's much more difficult if you have a mask up you know yeah they've made it very difficult for like-minded people to get together and just just talk just talk about what the fuck is going on because it's fucking wild what's going on you always hear now more than ever in all these kinds of different fucking dumb memes but we live in an incredibly interesting time right now and it's peaking it's absolutely peaking. And, uh, I mean, fuck. People like my dad, people who only get, like, most of their input from the outside world, from the television, they have no fucking clue what's going on. No idea what's going on. And my dad, like, laughed at me and said, Trump ain't winning shit. When I said, you know, that he'd get four more years. I'm not, and I didn't even say it in a worried way. Like, I'm really not worried because I don't think it's time to be worried. And I haven't even got, you know, s- since I've said that, you know, I've been saying that for two weeks now. And uh, each week that goes by, I get less worried about it. But for him to not even have the possibility in mind. Yeah. First of all, not even have a possibility in mind that uh, there's a there's a road forward that doesn't include some kind of a Biden no- inauguration. And also being just so okay with that, you know, like, not even upset, it's not even like, like, sure, what can you do? There's always that, there's always that uh, immediate question of what can you actually do? How can you actually affect it? What can one guy do? But again, going back to mindset, I would like to think that it starts with not just rolling over and going, oh, well, you know, like, what, what do we actually do? Well, I don't know, but we need to get together and work on that. And we can't because we can't meet for more than 10 people. We can't. So, you know, you can't talk about it on Facebook. You can't talk about it on Twitter. 
Um, you can't go to Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is infamous for the time where the fucking liberals have to sit down and eat with their redneck conservative relatives and vice versa. It's always about some fucking political kerfuffle and also just getting together and, you know, mixing and loving one another. But I mean, I know when I was in college and people bitch about, oh, I have Thanksgiving dinner with my racist uncle. And dude, fucking people are overplaying the racism all the time. <laughs> it's like uh, one of those things where as as demand evaporates, or as supply evaporates, the demand goes up for such a thing. Uh, and I guess apparently it's even true with fucking racism. But, you know, canceling our Thanksgivings, that's part of it, you know? I can't go to a group of 30 of my family and then just like offhandedly at some point just be like, nah, Trump will, Trump will still go for more years and have like 20 people go oh bullshit and maybe one or two be like no yeah yeah i think maybe but they won't say anything but even just that exposure to the idea is a movement it's an overton window it's like it gets them to talk about it even if they don't believe it then they go back and they go my nephew's so fucking dumb he thinks that trump's gonna win four more years and what, and if they keep going around to other people saying that, eventually they're gonna go get a person who looks at them and goes, "Why you? Well, you think that can't happen?" Yeah, you know. Well, at least it puts that idea in their heads. Because so many people just like your dad, it's just like they're just shut off to the idea. They just rolled over. This is the way it is. Oh yep. well. Yep. No, nothing is oh. set in stone. Oh well. Go watch the Packers. Nothing is impossible in this life. Yeah, the limitations yeah. are. You know, manifest the mindset you want, you know, the focus ul- your energy on the future you want to see. The hardest and surest limitations get set by you, you know, the rest of them are kind of bendy. They kind of, uh, I mean, they're, it's not that they're not there. There are limitations, but they're not always what they seem. Some of them are softer than others. And most of them are set by you. I will say most of them are set by you. There's things that people just won't do, People, things that people won't accept, people that just no, non-starter, no. And those are hard limitations, and it's funny because they're the hardest to overcome, but they're the only ones that you really can decide to overcome just by flipping a switch in your brain, just by saying, no, now I'm open to this. This is where I'm going. This is what I'm going to try. Changing your mindset. It's all about mindset, really. It is. At the end of the day. Man, uh, you know, you mentioned Scott Adams, and he had a hilarious tweet I saw this week. Whoa. Okay, so there is a headline: Trump should fire Dr. Scott Atlas for attacking Michigan COVID actions in the Washington Post, right? But then there was a typo in the lead. Can't make this shit up. Part-time White House pandemic advisor Dr. Scott Adams already was called controversial in news coverage before suggesting Sunday that people rise up to resist an epidemic order tightening Michigan activity limits. So (laughs) Scott Adams screen-capped it, thank goodness, because of course they've since corrected it, uh, and tweeted, I get blamed for everything. Now I'm a controversial White House pandemic advisor causing illness and death, at least according to this highly credible publication. (laughs) And that just killed me. I thought that was the funniest freaking thing. And another story that uh, brought joy to my day uh, was one I had sent you, and then I saw Make Around on No Agenda Social. 
how a Philly mob boss stole the election uh-huh. and why he may flip on Joe Biden. I thought this was really interesting, especially in light of those vans pulling up with uh, random ballots sure. at two in the morning that totally flipped the everything. Um, and we had kind of discussed this a little bit earlier on our own, not on the podcast, <clears throat> which I know is always a mistake. But <laughs> my one of my favorite parts of this article is some quote. Here it is. He uh, he wants, he's trying to negotiate here, you know? Right. He wants a clean record. He wants to fish and hunt on federal lands. He'd <laughs> really like a job with the National Park Service. You need a clean record to get those things. <laughs> you know, my boy, you know, he could cooperate. He's a really great guy. He's very charismatic. You get him in the courtroom, you get him in front of a camera, you know, bada bing, bada bish. He gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna flip everybody. They're gonna love him. You know, they're gonna sell the movie rights. He's gonna get, you know, but, uh, but you know, my my boy's in a little bit of trouble. You're gonna have to help him out. You know, you can scratch your back. We'll scratch your back. This is what the thing is. You know. Gosh, it says sources say that he picked up the ballots from two private households, um, with a handful of sharpie markers, and then paid people a thousand dollars an hour to produce thousands of ballots. For more than 60 consecutive hours, it says. I mean, these details are just wild. Well, And I saw this story originally tweeted out by uh, Jacob. I'm going to butcher his last name. I know it starts with an S. He's on Trump's legal team. I should have written it down, but I didn't actually have this story in my notes. Mm. <laughs> Scoobity-boochie. So it's just like, what? like, I have no idea if it's credible or not, but it's a hell of a story. You know, that's the wild thing in at least our very, very current time. You can read just about any of this shit, and you've got to go by track record, you know? You've got to go by track record and weight it by recent track record, you know? So, like, well, if that's how we're playing it, like, then the media has called everything for Joe Biden. Then you you can't. It's a fucking harder to believe than than some bullshit that I've never heard of over here. You know, because at yeah, least exactly. at least this bullshit the I've Buffalo never heard Chronicle. of. At least the <laughs> Buffalo Chronicle has never like lied to me before that I know of. You know, exactly. All these other fucks have lied to me a hundred fifty thousand times. Right. It's fucking wild. It is a very strange time we are living through. Strange times here. Um, people in Massachusetts are peeing their pants over Amy Coney Barrett. Oh yeah, yeah. Seems like a weird reaction to have. Oh, the state <laughs> rep. She filed an amendment to the state budget that would allow late-term abortions, mm. and for anyone girls as young as 12 to obtain an abortion without an adult's consent. Um, I read this story, I think, Friday, last Friday, and it has been updated that this was approved. It was okayed by the House. Uh, Now it's going to be up to Charlie Baker, I guess, to remove it. Um, And I just don't see that happening because... He made some statement, too, that suggested he thought it's a very real possibility that Amy Coney Barrett alone is going to make abortion federally illegal and they have to, you know, Massachusetts is going to fucking die on that hill of pro-choice. 
Um, and you know, we have a great story related to that. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. When a few visits ago, when we went to Mass, uh, we visited a friend who lives up in Salem, and we uh, decided to go see the Church of Satan that we had heard so much about. It exists. And as soon as we walked in. Uh, dude was like, oh, where are you from? And we were like, Missouri. What does he know about Missouri? He knows that you have to see a doctor before getting an abortion. And that upset him. And he decided to like, let us know what a terrible place we lived in. Because you have to see a doctor before getting an abortion. And I was just like, yeah, dude, it's a medical procedure. I don't really see anything wrong with that. Like, I really, You can still get one. Yeah. Oh, it may, I was just like, that really ticked me off. I knew, I, was, I mean, you know, I'm in fucking Satan's house there. Don't know what I was expecting to feel other than ticked off the whole time. But, um, so then this comes up and I'm just thinking, imagine a 12 year old who just feels they have no other option but to possibly destroy their bodies, kill a baby. Well, the problem with, <laughs> the obvious problem that nobody wants to talk about when you're talking about these young kids having abortions uh, with no parental consent is because they want to be able to cover up bullshit. They want to be able to cover up statutory rape. They want to be able to cover up uh, tr sex trafficking of underage girls. Mm. And in those situations where they're being trafficked, they're being forced to do shit, and then they get pregnant, while well, the jig is up, if people find out they're pregnant, so they need to be have access to abortion without permission so they can sneak their asses in there. And that's never discussed. It's never brought up and never talked about. Because immediately when you talk about human trafficking of underage people, you know, you're immediately a fucking Q-tard or something. And um, Q can be what it is. I don't really... I've done a couple deep dives on it, and it's just too much fucking spaghetti in a bowl for me. Okay? Um, if you really wanted my honest shit, I would say it's too wacky for me. I w I've never been there. I've never been with it. But to say that those people are like misguided or scary. I mean, that whole thing is about ending the absolutely true pedophilia rings that the elites are involved in. Uh, and you don't have to know much. The fucking creep, uh, Jimmy Savile out of the UK that was the, with the BBC for a long time, involved with the Beatles, even. Uh, the shit's been going on for a long time, and um, the, the iceberg tips that peek out of the ocean are open secrets you can fucking look the shit up yeah there are enough people that have been convicted uh some like mr epstein get whacked before they can take the stand um that's another piece of the fucking illusion that everyone seems to kind of agree upon at least we can all agree upon that one the whole jeffrey epstein didn't kill himself everybody knows that one yeah <laughs> but it's just not there's no fucking consequences yet so when the consequences come that's what we've been talking about before, where the whole thing resets, you know? The Great Reset isn't going to be the one that they want, but it's fucking coming either way. Hell yeah. I think that's interesting, but I also wonder, if you're involved with, like, a human trafficking ring and this terrible shit is happening to girls, girls are getting impregnated, which, first of all, why aren't they on birth control? Second of all, why wouldn't you just get Plan B pills? Just buy some wholesale Plan B pills, I mean... It depends, you know. Like, why does it have to be this huge medical procedure? Abortions if, are fucking scary, dude. Like, it's, it's not as though if you're a, if you're a minor and not necessarily like willing or fully informed or fully consenting. Right, they're not educated. You get pregnant, and you don't want to tell your handlers necessarily, and you don't want to tell your parents necessarily, <laughs> and eventually it's found out. But like, 
It's not going to be the day after or two yeah. days after. It's going to be when it's too fucking late and you need to go to a fucking doctor to get the abortion. Yeah. And it's like these late term approval now. I mean, that's third trimester. We're talking full grown baby here. Right. 24 weeks later. It's just wild. So that could pass. Uh, it says that um, 16 for the language that was uh, revised lowers the age of 16 to which you can obtain an abortion without the permission of a parent or you no matter your age you obtain a judicial bypass these people are sick 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 it's a good word that's a good word to put it you know uh i, I just it's very bad for our country i don't like some of the arguments of folks who are not involved in sex trafficking who are really happy to be pro choice you know i think hey you have a choice to, for a normal situation, we're not talking about children, we're talking about consenting adults here. You have a choice before you have sex <laughs> to make sure that you're not going to become pregnant. In fact, there's lots of choices you can make in that realm. Right. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I grew up in Massachusetts. I was very much indoctrinated uh, with the pro-choice um, argument. I myself thought that that was my stance on it. Um, my great grandma, in fact, will fucking die on that hill with me. We like to argue about this all the time. <laughs> and, uh, after I became pregnant, I realized, oh, it's not my body. There's another body inside of mine that's sure. a very much separate from mine. Very much separate. Yeah. I'm giving it nutrients, but this is another person inside of me. Well, I think one of the most clever ways that I've seen it argued is kind of like, uh, I mean, there's a couple of uh, inconsistencies even in our laws. One is if you kill a pregnant woman that you are charged twice, charged with two murders. And another is that, uh, you know, the the people that want to claim that this baby is part of your body won't admit to it being part of their body when asked simple questions like how many legs you have or how (laughs) many arms you have or uh, different things of that nature. Um, Blood types are different. the whole nutrient system is different. So I think that there's just the crux of the whole life and pro-life argument comes down to something that no one really can pinpoint and decide upon. Well, there's one group that really is sure. And then everyone else is kind of, I think up in the air about it. And that's that when, when the life starts, when, right. it, when it gets protected status. Uh, and I think the people that are certain are the, the conception people. The life begins at conception people. And that'll be at the point when the uh, sperm's tail falls off. And uh, for me, I, I don't know. I'm just less sure. Um, I don't see it as a, a super black and white thing. There's also different implications when you talk about a developing embryo in a woman's womb versus a developing embryo in a laboratory. Oh, sure, for research, stem cell research and all sure, that kind of stuff. Sure, something that you maybe even could call, like, uh, I don't know what they they refer to as these, like, research embryos. But um, it's a tough one and a weird one, you know? Yeah, like when they say, like, fetal tissue is in a vaccine or something, it's usually one of those lab embryos. Sure. Or uh, when they claim, one of the wilder claims... Um, is uh, you'll hear stuff like Doritos and Pepsi have aborted fetuses in them, you know, like as an unlisted ingredient. Um, that's a wild one, and it got started in a very certain way. But the the actual facts of the the case are, and I I'm talking out of school. I'll bring fucking more concrete facts on this next time I bring it up. But the gist of it was it at Frito Lay they were doing research uh, and development on new flavors and. 
they were able to basically make a tasting technology using uh, stem cells, uh, embryonic stem cells, um, making them taste cells, and then they could just see objectively what receptors lit up from what flavors. So the the things they were taste testing their new flavors on, they were testing them on technology that was basically made out of uh, embryos. Hmm. So that's where the involvement goes. There's no, there was never embryonic ingredients in any of the flavors or any of the products. But they also, through a pressure campaign, dropped that. Um, I, think it was, sure. I think they only did 18 months to two years with the company. Then they had to, you know, abandon ties with the company because of the public pressure campaign. Right. There's plenty so, of people who hear that term and are just out. Right. Well, and... For me, it's a tough one, you know, because yeah. there's a lot of things you can do with stem cells and how are they making them and harvesting well, them and what's the, what's life the implications. Life you know? <laughs> if you're, if you're uh, creating stem cells and then growing different tissues out of it, you know, what, what human life is it? It becomes a heart transplant, maybe. It becomes an eyeball transplant, maybe. And it was never a, uh, it was never two people making love into a womb that had the potential to grow into life. It had the potential to grow into whatever they were making it into. Yeah. yeah. So it's hard. At that point, it's tough for me. I understand things like nuance and uh, where it gets into the weeds, but I also think that none of that has anything to do with the actual abortion issue on the other side of things, where you are talking about an established life two form. human beings making a sex act, and now you have an embryo developing in a human woman's womb. Uh, that's a different situation completely. And so I think that that situation is a little bit more cut and dry in that there should be protections for the life developing. Uh, reasonable protections that kick in at some point seriously and early, you know? Yes. Um, you know, you mentioned Plan B before. Yeah, the day after pill. And um, Yeah. I don't mean to get us into this topic. I know. But... <laughs> we're going really deep down this rabbit hole. I just kind of like realized and had to like step back for a second. Um it's 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 one that I'm still exploring uh, absolutely. In, in certain corners and certain avenues. But, <laughs> yes. um, but anything I, past a couple of weeks, you know, I'm like way against that shit. Yeah, and that's what Massachusetts is up against right now is trying to legalize late term abortion. Because there's so much that you can do uh, as a haver of the sex. <laughs> there's so much that you can do before it ever gets that fucking deep. Even if you fuck up two or three times on that process, you know? Yeah. And start with wearing condoms. You know? If you don't, you know, start with taking birth control. If you don't, then wear condoms. If you don't, then pull out. If you don't, then there's, you know. Here's an interesting one. Um, The pro choice side will always argue that if the, you know, oh, we need abortions to be legal because the mother's life could be endangered. Well, as a mom whose life was in danger during an ectopic pregnancy, Doctors took care of me. Right. It was essentially an abortion. They had to go in and vacuum up what was growing outside of my uterus. Right. And that's the thing about healthcare is like their job is to save lives. So if somehow this developing baby is killing you, you will be saved. Like, I don't understand how it's like, no, you have to go to Planned Parenthood to save your life. No, Mm -hmm. no. You, that's indoctrination. Well, a lot of the things that people that are on the heavily pro-life or the heavily pro-choice side don't ever want to talk about is just the reality and the facts and statistics of who is getting abortions and why. Oh, those are very and interesting. There are exceptions that they're always bringing up 
um, like less like, than one percent. Like cases of rape and incest is a favorite, um, and then there's also this, uh, you know, threatens the life of the mother situation, yeah. which is often brought up, and you know, those are incredibly rare. Exactly. Uh, overall, abortions. Most women get an abortion as a form of birth control. It's a matter of convenience. It's a matter of paying a fee to get out of something that you're supposed to deal with. Yeah, and, no responsibility. Uh, maybe that makes me fucking sound like an old grumpy fucking misogynist, but, you know, there are things you have to take responsibility for when you're running around in this meat sack that you're given when you're born. Uh, and one of those is your reproductive system. It's not something that you're just going to fucking flail about willy-nilly. Um, and that's not to say that you can't get pretty fucking weird with people. <laughs> Uh, but you can do it in a responsible way. Yes. I'm the last guy to tell you that you can't like have sex. Um, the big failure of the last, I think, generation at least, it maybe two, is this whole like you can't have any sex with anyone before your marriage, which mm. is like it's such a joke. And now marriage is a total joke. Um, and wh- whether one is because of the other or because or whether they both happen kind of at the same time for other reasons, I don't really know. But the one thing I can tell you is that some of the dumbest advice I was ever given growing up was don't ever have sex until you're married. Like, can you fucking yes. imagine? Buy a car off a lot without test driving it. Can you imagine, though, no. marrying somebody <laughs> you had never had sex with? I don't know. I don't know. I think people can do it, but I don't think I, it's just general advice for everybody. I got to add something to that. Not living with someone and then marrying them and living together. Living with someone is tough. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's tougher than just like making the sex feel good. You can <laughs> you can improve sex, but sometimes people's habits are very hard to break. Sure. And it's also a tough topic to broach because it can be something that's sensitive and related to your past and how you were raised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, everyone's got their weird little hangups and... When you live together, it's harder to like hide them because you got to hide them 24-7. You know, I think these stories might be coming across my timelines because I'm pregnant. Because another story I saw this week that just made my blood boil was that there's this soap opera in England that's now going to have an episode where a lady... Um, she goes in for her like prenatal testing. They do that thing where they stick the needle in and uh, pull out some amniotic fluid and they test it. This test, by the way, has been shown to be incredibly often wrong. Um, and this determines for this character in this soap opera that her child has Down syndrome. So she decides to get an abortion based solely on that, to which I had literally one response in mind, and it's the first clip I sent you. Or maybe it's the second one on the page you're on. But. Uh, Mr. JFS? Yes. My name is- Hold on. My slider down. I'll go and watch it again here. My name is John Franklin Stephens. I am a man with Down syndrome, and my life is worth living. And that's it. That's exactly what came to mind. Yeah. This man gave a speech to the UN. I will have it in the show notes. It's nine minutes long. Uh, if you've never had the pleasure of meeting someone with Down syndrome, working with someone, being friends with someone, uh, then just, you know, please listen to him. Um, You know, having a disability is not an end of life. It's not a death sentence. And he said it himself, his life is worth living. Right. And so to to push this narrative, I mean... (laughs) You know, we separated from England for a lot of reasons, and, I, and I'm thankful I don't live there. Uh, but 
It just grossed me out. And I am pregnant, okay? So I am a little bit more emotional about this stuff than sure. I probably normally would be. Um, but, God, can you imagine that? Like, oh, I made this life, but it, it's not perfect, so I don't think I want to be responsible for it. Yeah, this is the thing about, I don't know, human humanity and existence. And there's a lot of, like, intangibles. There's a lot of the great mystery aspect of it. There's a lot that we just don't fucking know. And so you have to do the best that you can. But you made certain decisions to get to that point. You can't start making the life and death decision for descendants like that. You know, it just is not, that's not your call. Exactly. You know, the, the extent to which it was your call stops once there's a new life inside you. And uh, when that starts is still, I mean, it's still a debate, but I I promise you that, like, if the conception people aren't correct, then they're the closest. I like that stance. They're the closest. Because it can't be much farther, you know, it can't be much further in. So, you know what's also up for debate <laughs> right now? Is this COVID vaccine. Let me know. Let me know what's up for debate. What's up for debate? All sorts of things. But the COVID vaccine, of course, is sure. being talked about quite a lot. In Kansas City, man, we are being pushed with the propaganda I have a clip for that also. Oh, boy. Mr. Vaccine. Yeah, this KU one. Medical Center and Children's Mercy have teamed up with AstraZeneca to assist with testing the vaccine that they are developing. And now that involves this mobile unit. Today, it's out at the Truman Medical Center, University Health Lakewood Center. The goal is to reach a wider range of people, including groups that might not normally be able to take part in this kind of testing. Oh, boy. Okay, all right. Hold it right there. Okay. Because I want you to know that for months, after 15 days to slow the spread... I saw job postings on Craigslist. I saw job listings in my inbox. I saw them on Indeed. I saw flyers on telephone poles begging people to do medical research. Yeah. When I followed the link, it was for vaccines for COVID. Sure. There is no group that did not get this offer. And I'm not sure what would say you can't do it. But now, but now, we have a special offer. A bus parked downtown where you can just wander in and you know be a guinea pig get this vaccine that we're working on do you want to take part in writing history by making a vaccine hop on the bus we don't care who you are you can help us oh it made this story came out yesterday i was just like what the frig <laughs> never gonna happen definitely not me in those first the job listings at first with during the 15 days to slow the spread because mm -hmm. don't think they didn't start on this freaking early oh sure before lockdown there were news articles about right around kobe bryant's death there was an article about the china virus and and it was that's what it was referred to it said a virus from china yep. didn't wasn't going virus by covid19 um but uh, so there was also an article, and this had a clip too, but you don't have to play it. Um, the article was titled, I'm really rooting for it. That's in quotes. Local mom participates in Kansas City COVID-19 vaccine trial. And it's just like a positive, feel good. I'm doing great. Everything's great. We're in this together apart. You know, one of those. Uh -huh. Like rally the troops, stick yourself with this vaccine that we don't know the implications of. Because we've never had DNA vaccines like this. Ugh, this makes me want to vomit. It's just, you are going to play that clip? Yeah, we'll let the ads run through and shit, though. Yeah, we don't need Kansas City ads. Ugh. 
Yeah, the thing is that I've read Firestarter, and so I'm kind of out. <laughs> oh. I'm out. I do not want to be in a medical guinea pig at all. Right now, as clinical research for vaccine trials continues in Kansas City, we hear from a doctor conducting the research and a local woman who volunteered. As you'll see, during this process, it became much more personal. I uh, was not sleeping, you know, the first several weeks of lockdown and really anxious. Early on in the pandemic, Independence mom Heather Wiley knew she had to do something to try to make a difference. She went online and found that the Alliance for Multi-Specialty Research in Kansas City was looking for volunteers for phase one of their vaccine trials. She applied in April, was screened and accepted. I was excited. I was really happy and couldn't wait to get started. The trial is testing a vaccine from the company Inovio. It took 60 people, including Wiley's own sister, Ellie Lilly. It has been a really good experience to go through it with my sister and um, talk about our experiences with each other. Here's Wiley after her first dose. It goes just under the skin, followed by electrical pulses to send DNA directly into the cells. Oh, it's a process cool. called electroporation. One of the most exciting Fuck things that. I've ever been a part of. But just a couple months into this trial, oh, she needs to get out more. 18 year old daughter Avalon tested positive for COVID-19. Oh, no. It was really scary. Um, because An 18-year-old got COVID. Ah! You assume she, she's going to be fine because she's young, but you, yeah. you just don't know. There's so many young people who are being hospitalized right now. Oh, no. At that point, did really? take on a new meaning? Yeah. Are there Definitely. so many? Yeah. Can we get and, a source on that? The cases have increased. It's be, it's taken on a new meeting. God for me. fucking Avalon damn it. showed symptoms for a few days, but fully recovered. How close are we to a vaccine? Well, I think if you listen to the experts rather than the, the non-experts, uh, you know, the politicians, I think we're talking about the end of the year toward the early next year. Dr. John Irvin of AMR. Isn't that what Trump has been saying? He says phase one was about making sure the end of the year, pretty much. and neutralizing antibodies. Now, he says we're moving into later phases, which will expand the number of volunteers in the research and add placebos. He says after phase three, the FDA can approve a vaccine. We're trying to get this done as quickly as we can, as long as it's safe. Oh, gross. The, they're uh, showing a nose swab. Brain swab. Drive-through fucking bullshit. Give me a break. Why? God, this thing it's is optimistic. so stupid. So, do you think the vaccine worked? I mean, I, I think anecdotally, I sort of believe that it protected me because I, I really think I was exposed this July. So but there's, you know, oh, I, there's I really no think I was exposed. Get that Can you imagine talking this way about the flu or the cold? In April. Meantime, as she and the rest of the no. country waits, she does it with a renewed perspective of why she chose to do this and what's most important. I do believe in this vaccine. I believe in the technology behind this vaccine. She believes in it. And I'm really rooting for it. Now, she Dr. Irvin says it. one vaccine won't be enough. He says for herd immunity, She's a true upwards of 70% of the population needs to be vaccinated. And it's safe to <laughs> ding, expect ding, that. Upwards of 70%. Kiss my fucking like ass. Work, if you ask me. Good luck. Uh, no, now they've done a... Sorry. They've done a beautiful thing here. They'll never hit 70%. No. They'll never hit no. 70% taking this fucking thing. It's already screwed. They screwed it up, and this election fuckery is going to make it worse. But they screwed it up because they couldn't wait. They like, they did the Biden announcement, and then they did the vaccine announcement. And they just rolled it right out. So, I don't know. A lot of the fucking independents and a lot of the fucking Trump people both will not be taking it either way. Where It was never going to happen. Never going to happen! But now, especially if there's an overturn, especially... Um, 
the, the, the Joe people won't take it because they'll see it as the Trump vaccine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Cuomo already has been a dick about accepting any vaccine while Trump is still like has anything to do with it. And he's been downplaying like, oh, well, the federal government was involved in like getting it through this fast. So we can't necessarily trust it. We can't necessarily trust it. So that's why Trumpy made his little Rose Garden speech about the vaccine. And he did mention that uh, they wouldn't give it to New York unless Cuomo like accepted it, basically calling him out on his own bullshit. So what's fabulous about this situation is you can look up all the fucking clips of Cuomo saying all this shit, saying how like he doesn't trust it, it might be suspect, he doesn't necessarily want it, we gotta wait till Joe's in, all of these things he's said within the past few, couple weeks. And then as soon as Trump said that in the Rose Garden, you know, that, well, you know, maybe New York can't get the fucking vaccine unless Cuomo's on board, which is just a plain fact. If the guy doesn't want it and he's going to block it, then, you know, Trump immediately goes, oh, we're not going to give it to you then. Yeah. Save time and resources. The media and Cuomo (laughs) just immediately pivot and say, whoa, Trump said that he's not even going to give it to New York. He's not going to let New York have the vaccine. Like, like, do you fucking people even read your own shit? No. But no. Yet again, Orange Man is bad. And that's really as fucking deep as it gets. One thing I thought was interesting with this story is that they said this woman volunteered to be a vaccine trial participant. And all of those papers on the flag polls, I mean, the telephone polls, all of the listings on Indeed, everything I was seeing that was like, come to this hospital, get the vaccine, be a, you know, they'd say like, you're part of history, blah, 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 be a guinea pig, you know? Right, save they the were, world. They were offering $1,800, which I was like, that's too fucking low. Like, yeah, no shit. Start me at like $50,000 because what are the long-term implications like of this? They've said this is... A vaccine unlike any other with the DNA and all this crap. So, no. no. There's no way I would go to trials to try a product that I wouldn't even trust when it's finished. I'm not getting the goddamn thing. I don't get flu shots. I've got one flu shot in my life. It made me sick as fuck. And I'll take my chances, you know? Yeah. And with that, I would like to say that Kentucky has announced 33 COVID deaths this week. Oh, shit. Yes. And to just quickly get through them, that mom was from Independence. Well, a 33-year-old man was just charged in Independence for shooting a 9-year-old girl at a gas station. Fucking Independence, bro. Okay, I have to add here, though, that Independence is the first place where I noticed this getting rid of hard consonants like T's and D's because on their commercials on the radio, local radio... For something in independence, it's not independence. It's in a penance. In a penance. What the fuck? Come visit in a penance. In a penance. It's so awful. Okay, so this nine-year-old getting shot story, of course, intrigued me. And I was like, what the? What? Why would you shoot a nine-year-old kid? Apparently, this, this dude's homie had some beef with the woman driving the car. Who just happened to have a friend in the passenger seat and a one-year-old and a nine-year-old in the back. And he thought it'd be a good deal to just try and, like, settle the beef himself by shooting into the car. So he hits the nine-year-old. These people are sick. And I am happy to report that the nine-year-old is okay. Well, alive. (laughs) Alive. Yeah, okay, yeah. Mentally, um, not well. Um, Jesus. Physically hurt. But, yeah, the nine-year-old's alive. And then my final 
top 333 story for this week is that Lil Nas X's Roblox concert attracted 33 million viewers. 33 million. Yeah. It's a big 33 to go out on. That's right, Lil Nas. Take him down that uh, old town road. Shit. <laughs> a Roblox concert. What oh. the fuck is a Roblox concert? You know what Roblox is, right? I just know they go oof when they die. Yeah, well, he uh, had a little Roblox character performing for him, and it was all virtual, but with Roblox in-game. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah. What a time to be alive. Yeah. I guess that uh, some artists have performed on Fortnite. Roblox is the Zoomer 4chan, according to the experts in the bowl. <laughs> Love it. Sounds like too much racism for me, lad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, You talked uh, about masks off being an assault, and I did want to point out, just briefly, don't want to talk about it a lot, but in D.C. this weekend, when the cops forced the uh, Trump supporters who rallied in the MAGA march to walk through BLM Plaza mm. um, knowing there would be conflict. It's like they wanted it. How strange. It's like a written narrative or something coming to life. But anyways, uh, the BLM people who attacked them claimed that it was self-defense because they weren't wearing masks, which is an assault. And so you, what's that all about? You said that earlier and it just tripped my mind on that. I was like, oh, oh yeah. well, it made me so angry hearing that shit. This is what a split universe that we live in. Like anything you and I believe, um, there is there are just a bunch of fucking people out there who have that mirrored belief as strongly as we have our belief. Yeah. And like they just believe the act- exact opposite thing. Yeah, of course. It's fucking wild, dude. And, you know, I guess, like, there might be an argument that this has always existed, this paradox. And obviously, people have had different opinions for a while. But I don't know, man. Like, the extent is just fucking crazy. It's just crazy land. Yeah, it is crazy. It's it's crazy land. What can I say? Um, I look around me, it's fucking crazy land. I also can't imagine living somewhere that claims to be in america where you can't carry a weapon yeah that part is really fucking confusing uh, to me there's no constitutional carry in dc or open carry or concealed carry like what yeah unless you're the feds yeah exactly or the crips and so you can't carry fucking weapons in dc these places weird man it's like come on man these, Come on, man. These places become what I am now calling consequence-free zones, where mm-hmm. you can be brutally attacked by a gang of thugs, um, and you can't do shit. Because if you do do shit, you're breaking the law, and then you're going to go sit in prison. <laughs> it's just like the mass thing in general, man. Like The only thing keeping it in place is everybody like going along with it. Fuck that. It's the only thing keeping this sh- all of this shit in place is everybody shrugging and going, well, you know, what can we do? Well, you know, well... Uh, we well, ran our errands without masks. It's for, uh, you know, everyone's safety, man. Like, we, uh, we've told people we can't wear masks before. We've said no. You know, like when we had to bring our child in after having an asthma episode in the morning, right. they said, oh, she needs to wear a mask. And we said, no, she's having a tough time breathing. She's not wearing a mask. Yeah, fuck <laughs> that and fuck you. Exactly. You just got put your foot down. Okay, like, look. It's nothing to go to jail over. It's nothing to, like, A lot of these fight. people, too, you find, they're so fucking soft that when you check them, they're made of jello, you know? Oh, and they're yeah. just going to get out of your way, and they don't want any fucking trouble. And I don't really want any trouble either, but 
there's the fucking limit. I'm not willing to just lay everything down and give you the whole fucking key to my castle over the shit. Yeah, pull your you know? pants down for the rapist. No, yeah. <laughs> if you give, look, if you're getting mugged and you give your fucking wallet to the mugger, you're a bitch. End of fucking story. Definitely. Do something. Stand up for yourself. Do something. Fucking Jesus. Stand up for your rights. You want to go behind the curtain? Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. I'm getting too heated. I know. <laughs> too. <laughs> They're trying to Dude. take my country, bro. Hey, make a deal, motherfucker. You're going to die. Oh my god, I was going to play that? that. I'm going to I'm going to bring it up. Okay. You can talk about that your next wild. story, but yeah, yeah, I did want to play that cuz I had literally never heard of that guy before. Oh, me, me either. That, that was, was fantastic. Yeah, it was. Well, uh right now in California, um a judge just heard an argument on a cannabis delivery case. In Fresno, it says it could have huge ramifications for California's legal cannabis businesses. Um, let's see. At issue is a policy enacted by the State Bureau of Cannabis Control in July 2018 that allows state-licensed marijuana delivery businesses to deliver marijuana products anywhere they wish, regardless of city or county restrictions on commercial cannabis operations. Of course, local governments filed the suit against uh, the Bureau of Cannabis Control saying that the policy violates state laws um, and, you know, takes them off because they don't want weed in their town or whatever. Um, so the judge heard it, but hasn't, he decided not to rule. Oh, yeah, McGuire. Mm, I'm not going to guess if it's a man or woman. The judge decided not to <laughs> rule immediately on Monday. So they just talked about this yesterday or had the hearing yesterday. I'm so unprofessional, but we're behind the curtain. It's all right. Hey. Um, so Here. it could, you know, who knows when the ruling will come out. But can you imagine that? It, especially during this time, saying no to a delivery system. Are you stupid? It's, Do, yeah. You don't like money? Like, Are you stupid? <laughs> I mean, I think that that's a question oh, that sort of answers itself uh, at that point, right? If 70% of the population gets the COVID vaccine, then yeah, for sure. Well, I they're would. fucking stupid. Okay, I'm no longer surprised by people's stupidity. It's everywhere. It's it's I mean, it's fuck. Sad. I'm stupid, okay? So imagine these people. Yeah. <laughs> At least you can, like, be corrected, you know? You're like, you'll listen if someone's like, hey, dude, you're fucking wrong, and here's why. Okay. If people show me I'm wrong. I love learning. Yeah, exactly. And I always take it into account, and I learn. Uh, but when people try to show me that I'm wrong, and it doesn't look that way, I'm going to push back. And, oh, you yeah. Know, be a prick about debate. it sometimes even uh, nothing wrong with a good healthy debate oh my goodness and have it all oh you found it okay cool so this is the guy i was talking about all these like lawyers and uh dickweeds coming out just like swinging i mean dude they're fucking swinging you've never heard talk like this okay uh people can say it's a thousand sealed indictments it's coming it's coming it's coming or whatever the fuck the meme is but like the way these people are talking is totally different and who they are is different these aren't anonymous retards these are people that are uh, in the public eye, like uh, Robert Steele. Now, I don't know shit about Robert Steele. I know he probably sells books. He's an ex-CIA officer. He's a fucking spook. Um, but you got to listen to this man's, like, less than two minutes here. We have it all. All of the illicit wealth in the world has been tracked by the National Security Agency for the past 15 years. We now know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Wall Street has stolen $100 trillion from Main Street with naked short selling. 
We also know that Wall Street has laundered $100 trillion in dirty money from trafficking in children and women and uh, drugs and guns and gold. I could never tire gold. of saying that 90% of the people in the U.S. government, the U.S. military, the U.S. intelligence community are good people trapped in a bad system. The secret intelligence community serves the deep state. It does not serve the American public. And CIA in particular has been doing torture, rendition and torture, drone assassination, regime change, helping to start wars on, uh, based on lies, all because war and trafficking in humans and drugs and so forth are a profit center for Wall Street and the deep state. And once the president gets Benny into NSA and processes 100% of what we have at NSA, we have every single one of you by the balls. You cannot survive this. You have one out. The truth and reconciliation out is make the deal, motherfucker, or you are going to die. Blam! <laughs> Holy shit, what a gut punch, right? Yeah. I mean, whoa. That's the high energy I've been waiting for. Bro. So I saw that. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Um, now, I think that plainly on its face, the money laundering thing, it's been discussed on No Agenda before plenty of times, but it's like, it's the engine behind all of this shit. And um, at every step of the process, when you have a huge criminal enterprise, like, Literally everything you're doing generates a lot of money, and illegally so. And so all of that money has to be washed. It all has to be laundered. So anytime you see these, like, stupid fucking numbers, it's a big red flag. It's like, what What was this? All of these fucking uh, BLM GoFundMes, mm. GoFundMe in general, hello, washing so much dirty money through it. So uh, these guys seem to have it all wrapped uh, into little packages, which is interesting. Now, this guy said shit like 15 years. I'm like, <laughs> 15 years? You're going to let this shit go on for 15 fucking years? Um, I don't know. I'm not a fucking prosecutor, so how long it takes to climb the pyramid. I mean, if we get to the top of that pyramid to shatter it, you know, if we can actually reach that asshole eye in the sky and throw a coal in it, then it will all have been worth it. But I really got to scratch my head. Now, the one thing that he did <clears throat> mention when he talked about money laundering that really piqued my interest was, you know, he talked about the usual suspects uh, of the the sources of illicit funds being human trafficking um, and, and uh, in some cases slave trade, same thing, the sale of drugs. But he also said the trafficking of gold which I thought was very interesting and I had not heard talk of before, hmm. was not on my radar. But uh, gold, apparently like illicit trading of gold, what's the deal there? I do not know. Does Fort, Knox, catch. Does Fort Knox have all its gold? Most people say no. It's all show. Uh, I would, you know, I can't think of anything that would surprise me less than Fort Knox not having any gold left anymore or like... That that's all bullshit. That it was there, but it's not. It's like hasn't been there for years. I could totally buy that. I've literally done no, <laughs> no digging on it at all. But uh, it's because a long time ago I realized the government lies to us all the time. Yeah. I don't know. It might be a but, good time to. Well, I have more weed stories. Oh, I'm can sorry. I get through my weed stories first, yeah, or do you want to come back no, to? No, man. We can do. Okay. That. 
We I like wage. We have a recession resistant industry, folks. Uh oh. Colorado, despite their tourism being slashed in half, is just thriving with weed sales. It just keeps going up and up. They're breaking records every month, just selling more pot than ever before. This is gonna keep going. Yep. And so every state should look at that and see. Up. Oh, not surprised. There's the proof in the pudding. In fact, uh, if anything, I'm sure the lockdowns helped sell more pot. Oh, definitely. Seems good for business. Yeah, definitely. And then this is uh, an interesting case, sort of in the lines of money laundering. Um, in Four investors in a Colorado company were given restitution of $2.5 million after fraud was exposed there. Um, this Colorado businessman was distributing weed into other states where it wasn't legal. And of course, that's not what these investors signed up for. Yeah, what um, a dick. So took them to, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kind of, it's like, I, I don't know how I feel, but I, it's like, I don't know the details of the case. I just see what the, you know, what the court case is, you know, the details there. Right. Um, and it's like, okay, so like one of these guys. He was rewarded a, thousand, a million dollars back. So he knew the guy well enough or believed in his company enough to give him a million dollars to start up. And then yeah. what does the guy do? And this is a weed company, right? And what is the guy doing? He's selling weed. It just happens to be crossing state lines. I don't know. I guess if the guy p- got picked up or something, then you wouldn't want to be involved. And you'd be like, hey, man, you've got to give me my money back. This is criminal what you're doing. But I didn't see anything about that. It's like they just kind of added him and were like, we don't want anything to do with this. Yeah, well. No, that guy was um, sentenced to 12 years in prison um, as a result of this. But yeah, like, can you imagine having a million dollar investor backing you to sell weed? I can imagine it. I can imagine it for sure, too. I would not want to cross the wrong path with that person. <laughs> I would be probably pretty transparent with them. Yeah. I would want them by my side. I'd want them at all my business meetings. Well, they would be a valued stakeholder in the bull after bull industry. This is my thing. <laughs> like, If you're going to get into the legal market, then get into the legal market. If you're going to get into the legal market, then just do it by the goddamn book. You got a license. You went through all the fucking hoops. You bought this. You bought this. You bought this. If you're going to like run a black market or run shit across state lines, then stay black oh, market. Stay in the black here, market. Don't get a fucking license. I found it. I found the crux of the story. Oh, boy. He was indicted in 2017, this guy that got all the money from these investors, for illegally distributing marijuana in at least five states. But here's the ticker. He never paid any state taxes or made any recorded legal sales. Ah, yep. You got to do the legal business, bro. That's what the money was given to you. You were fronted a legal business. You had all the money in line to do this business legally in Colorado. Exactly. That's just dumb. If you're going to, yeah, if you're going to do the shady shit, then don't get licensed. Like, that's the whole. Well, don't have (sighs) investors backing you to be a black market dealer. Set up a business. Get your shit straight. Yeah, Jesus. you gotta pick one. You can't. You can't have a foot in both worlds. <laughs> these, these criminals are just dumb. That's I just mean. dumb. <laughs> um, now there's a Michigan company um, that is doing really well and is expanding into four states, including our very own of Missouri. Oh boy! Their name is C3. Um, in Missouri specifically, they were awarded six licenses, including five retail locations and one manufacturing license. 
construction on the full set of properties covered by the licenses will start by the, by the end of the year, they say, with operations slated to begin in the first half of 2021. So, uh, you Bang. know, all these all these big bad players just still running everything. I yeah. mean, <laughs> we found that out when we were wee young activists, Net-Ned. star-eyed activists. <laughs> Net-Ned knows a C3. It's on his radar already. <laughs> Well, they're spreading. They're coming they're to spreading. the show me state. They're going to show they me are. what C three is all about. I guess. Yep, Massachusetts, Missouri, Oregon, and Michigan. They're getting busy. They're huh? on, they're uh, oh let's see, formerly oh no that guy their CEO used to serve in uh Canada huh but they're from Michigan. This company C three Industries. The Canadians definitely know about growing pot. Hell yeah, they do. In fact, they just had a big recall on some cannabis oil in Canada uh, for being labeled incorrectly. And when I read that it was labeled incorrectly, I was like, holy shit. Could you imagine selling some like, you're like, this is great CBD. And it's actually like a super high THC. You know what I mean? (laughs) And then people are like, whoa, what is happening? (laughs) No, no. The labeling snafu that happened, the mess up that they had where they had to recall tons of product it was labeled inhalation when it should have said ingestion for oil, an oh, oil that was fuck. being sold. You're supposed to eat the oil. I was like, smoke the oil. Come on, you guys. I mean, I suppose there's some naive patients out there that maybe you know would drop this super liquidy stuff onto their dab or whatever. But I was just like, that's kind of goofy. I maybe you could just send out a huge email or press release that's like, hey, this shit says inhale, but don't ingest <laughs> that's what we meant but anyways that's a recall that was kind of interesting uh the company's name is voyage cannabis in canada bon voyage i guess yeah all right must be nice to have legal weed <laughs> uh, it must be nice to be in oregon like legal all legal everything legal, yeah. do whatever the fuck you want yeah <laughs> rick, Brand, rick brandon sent me a clip about that oh yeah some guy being funny are you gonna play it yeah why not what in the crystal meth is going on up there in Oregon? <laughs> Legalizing all hard drugs and fetamines. Legalizing crack cocaine. Fuck it, it's 2020. Let them smoke crack. Maybe it'll cure coronavirus. Somebody's <laughs> got their molars left, but at least we ain't got the COVID. It'll be like <laughs> a big chess game of who stole whose shit. Johnny stole two bicycles, give him five. I bet your 7-Elevens are going to be lit. I'm talking about empty the cup holders, boys, because they're going to be begging for change. Talking about the walking dead of, you got a couple pennies I could borrow? Nickel and dime you to fucking death. Somebody better start booking reservations now. Hell, people don't even come here to see the forest anymore. They just come to see the crackheads hanging off the chandeliers. <laughs> I don't know who the mayor of Oregon is, but listen, bud. <laughs> you ever heard of letting the genie out of the bottle? Well, you just let crackhead Willie out of the fucking cage. And we're all going to suffer from it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ooh, we have the best uh, producers. Thanks, Rick, for sending that. That's hilarious. Rick, a fellow Missouri boy. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, decrim everything. My favorite part was, who the fuck is the mayor of Oregon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, that's fine, though. I love the... Uh, it's funny, because when people start complaining about, like, drugs being legalized, or there's gonna be 
just legalization of drugs. There's two things they complain about. The first one and the loudest one is that everyone's going to go do that drug. Oh, yeah. And they're going to be doing that drug there, and they're going to be crackheads there. Because um, they weren't. There weren't before. Exactly. People weren't doing the drugs at all until yeah. now. Like the uh, the legislation creates crackheads. Mm. Crackheads are very real and among us. Um, the other thing typically that is complained about is other crimes. <laughs> other crimes these people oh. commit <laughs> surely once they're on the crack or the whatever. You know, this guy picked, well, I think, meth and crack. Sure, you know, bad fucking drugs that you, you can't be doing. Uh, meth and crack. But regardless, um, it would be much better just to prosecute the other laws, those laws that, uh, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's not legal to be laying on the ground in your own piss at a 7-Eleven. You're already in violation of a few different statutes uh, at that point. Uh, you don't even have to bring crack into it, in my opinion. You just leave that shit out of it. So uh, Oregon, you know, not always making great moves, but I do like that move. And while it's like totally peak Oregon, like <laughs> kind of out there and people see it that way, I think it's like one of the like least harmful things they've done legislatively. And time will bear it out. Now, a lot of people will immediately say and argue, uh, this is going to encourage other crackheads that aren't in Oregon to come to Oregon. So we're going to get an influx of crackheads, which may very well be true um, and definitely would be a con. Another thing is, uh, if they're unwilling to enforce these other laws that people are complaining about, you know, you can get away with a certain amount of shoplifting in certain places in, in California that just don't give a fuck. Like, CVS doesn't stock shelves in certain places just because people just snatch it and the police don't do anything. So, mm. there's another concern of, like, well, yeah, if you've got more of this crime occurring, but, like, how many of our officers are able to police this crime that comes along with it? We have something there, too. I understand that. But um, those unique problems only happen because it's just this one little tiny place that fixed the law and everywhere else the law is still fucked. So, you know, I think it's a good step in the right direction. Isn't that what we're supposed to say? Baby steps. <laughs> Baby steps. Isn't that what it's supposed to come back to? Yeah. <laughs> uh, shit. One giant leap in the right direction. When? When? Is that too much to ask? Yeah. I think it's coming around. I'm the not corner, sick of bro. winning. I think it's coming around so, the corner, bro. I think so too. That's what I feel like. Uh, just quick updates on some other states. New Mexico. New Mexico. That's a good one. New Mexico. Uh, a panel came out supporting an increase in the purchase limit for medical weed. Fine. You should. I think you should be able to buy as much as you want. No limits. Fuck. Spend your money. Spend your money how you want. It's your no money. No limits. Hold them. Fuck them. Um. All in. Any uh, action on a decriminalization bill right now in New Jersey is on pause. The assembly won't be voting to decriminalize weed while they figure their stuff out. Oh, boy. Um, and the Virginia governor is uh, speaking out about passing a legalization bill in 2021. You know, just saying now's the time. Look around. It's just let's do it. Let's do it. So there we go. And, of course, Missouri is working on rec. For yep. 2021, so. Next cycle. Yep. They'll be trying to get it done. Yeah. I'll participate. Then. Shame on the show me state. We were supposed to just show them. We were supposed to show them, but, you know. It's all right. We, we Just get there. We did what we could. Our help was clearly not wanted. The first time I ever realized that the government was lying to us. This is a fun one. So we got some input. It's going to be great. We have, I want to start with a text that we got. Okay. On to the uh, text line. 
Sir Seat Sitter sent us a cute Gary Larson comic, but the caption's cut off. But I know a lot of Gary Larson. I'm pretty sure the caption is something like, uh, well, that should settle a few things around here or something like that. It's the guy that has painted the words on all of the objects around him. So oh, like, sure. It says tree on the tree and the house and the dog and the cat are labeled shirt and pants <laughs> the guy's wearing. Oh, good shit. Gary Larson's one of my favorite all time. Uh, so we get a text from Salem saying, in 2003, I visited Mount Carmel in Waco on the 10th anniversary of the surge, siege. Um, I spoke with a couple of the Branch Davidians that were there when it happened. Then I bought a video of the congressional proceeding following the incident, and I realized how full of shit they were. It was my first adult realization that the government lies. Yeah, Waco. I don't know a hell of a lot about Waco. I haven't, like, done a deep dive on it. Probably be worth doing someday. Like, getting one good... If there was, like, one good book that you should read about Waco. But, man, the fucking FBI is not your friend, I can tell you that. Yeah. Run by a bunch (laughs) of fuckers, dude. They're like, oh, you're trying to do your own thing? Now, Ruby Ridge is another fucking example. But, uh, I always get these ATF assholes jumping up and down storming uh storming castles and shit like you're not supposed to be able to storm castles so anyway that was the first time thank you uh texter to the text line text and voicemails can uh be found at 816-607-3663 doof 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 us up doof us one well you want me to start with uh yeah with my first time i ever realized the government lied to us what do you got it's pretty simple thanksgiving (laughs) Thanksgiving. Okay, because I saw, uh, this is, you know, historical fiction, but I saw Last of the Mohicans when I was pretty little. (laughs) Okay. Um, And then... I love where this is going. I transferred to public school in third grade from private school, and they had just been pushing all of the battles between the natives and the, you know, colonists there. Right. King Philip's War being... A particular favorite of mine to talk about. So then Thanksgiving comes around and you got these depictions of the pilgrims and these Indians sitting at the table and stuff. And I was just like, that's just bull. And my <laughs> grandpa was like, yeah, you're right. It is bull. And I was like, thank you. So that was mine. <laughs> that's pretty young. Yeah. Third grade. So it's like, what, eight, seven, eight. Yeah. Right around there. The age of enlightenment, I think. I, uh, well, seven, right? I don't know. I hit puberty at eight, so. I did become an adult then. <laughs> a real woman. Not quite, A little dear. woman. No. Not quite, dear. <laughs> oh, too much info. You're fucking eight. Yeah, well, people used to have kids at like 13, 14 and families and be married. and Married and marry. Married and marry. <laughs> Merrily along, huh? Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Let's uh, crack open a voicemail. What do you say? All right, yeah. <coughs> oh, I hit it. <laughs> Oh, Hell good. Yeah. good hey, hit. So the first time I realized the government lied to me was probably like a couple of days after 9-11 because mm. my dad was showing me all these videos about it being an inside job. And I was seven years old, so oh, I didn't really know how to shit. process it. But that was like seven. when I was first introduced to the concept. To be fair, yeah, I think before that I'd seen the Bohemian Grove video. Oh, yeah. But I don't think that's net, like uh, an example of lying. Right. What I was I talking about? <laughs> 9-11, man. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, <laughs> also, tomorrow, oh. I'll be on the No Agenda stream with Darren O'Neill doing an Absence Six-Pack episode around Woo. noon, Eastern Tight. time. And cool. uh, so that'll be fun. Very nice. And also, uh, I'm at work right now. I'll try to put it on during my class. 
All right. Peace. High at work. Peace. Peace, man. Oh, I forgot. Oh. Uh, <laughs> another time I found out the government was lying to me was uh, more recently when they said, you know, 14 days to stop the spread. But that's kind of <laughs> obvious. Fucking A, dude. If that didn't land super well, you know. But, uh. <laughs> and this one time at band camp. Oh, yeah. The government lied to me. <laughs> Those fucking sons of bitches. Oh, yeah. P.S. Um, oh, the, oh, the government just lied to him just now. It sure did. At the very end of that voicemail. <laughs> Thank you so much for the calls. Hell yeah. That's funny shit. No, you guys both got in young, man. Okay. And now crazy story. Can I share my 9-11 story yeah, while we're here? Yeah, let's talk 9-11, dude. So thir- I was still in third grade, obviously. Right. I was sitting in a car. On George Washington Bridge when 9-11 happened. And I will tell you guys, I did not see a plane. We saw a lot of black smoke. and uh, that's Did you see like the towers from right there? All I saw was smoke. I could not see the towers. I think, I don't know if one was down. I don't know if both was down. But everyone just got out of their cars and just started congregating on the bridge, talking to each other. Everyone had their car radios on. I was with my grandparents. My grandpa just started like, punching things like in the car you know like he just got back in the car just started crying just started punching things then just started talking about the terrorists and i was like okay whatever so we managed to get to a gas station and that's when i saw the first video of uh you know a plane hitting the building and i was like hmm the Mm. black smoke man and what like i said i didn't see a plane well lots of people say those planes were just like after effects uh, yeah, there's what, a, a lot people, of fishy videos you can watch. Say, people say, people say the in- wildest in- things, including, man. you know, Trump. Trump said some things on 9/11 too true. about those steel beams. Steel beams. <laughs> there's no way a plane could have taken it down. I think is what he said. Yeah. He said, "I'm no dummy. I've built some things like this." That's funny. You guys, you guys got into it early, which is cool. That is fucking cool. Um, yeah, sir. Seats in there. We're the same age too. <laughs> you've seen behind the curtain, I guess, for longer. You could say I had just like a cream puff upbringing, you know, so I was a very naive kid and coming up through stuff like lots of stuff was not revealed or ruined to me until like much later on. And you got to understand when I was a little kid, I was the kind of kid who when I was like seven and my cousins were watching Saving Private Ryan, I was like, guys, I'm not supposed to like watch movies like this with violence in them. And I would like <laughs> leave the room, you know? <laughs> Like, I was Dork. a fucking good kid, like, <laughs> on that level, you know? My kids, were, my cousins are probably like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, dipshit. Yeah, okay, <laughs> Whatever, man. But I was just like, I, that was just my conviction. I was just like, no, I'm not I'm not supposed to watch these, this shit. So I'm I not supposed to do this. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not supposed to do this. So I didn't. So it took me a long time, you know. I was just like didn't have a lot of questions to ask, and then it was just like I don't know. Um, the government curtain kind of fell for me in high school. Not until high school when I did a uh, English paper. I was a junior, so I was fucking sixteen. I was like driving and shit, you know. Now, mind you, I was homeschooled for five years too, so I skipped junior high and a lot of things that like peek at you. But uh, seven's <laughs> way before fucking junior high, you know. Just wasn't uh, surrounded by like a lot of access to red pills and such. I guess you could say, you know, 
insulated childhood. Yeah, maybe. It's, it's possible. So the uh, prompts were to pick like a, a topic and then do research on it. And the main point was like compiling research, uh, coming to presenting hypotheses and conclusions and shit. You know, and uh, being able to cite it all correctly and all that crap. And I reread this because I still have this piece of shit. And I couldn't believe that the writing is terrible. It's like so third rate. But in it, I kind of explored the topic of the JFK assassination. And the only reason I picked it was because it was like the first one on the list. And it was interesting to me. They gave you like a list of like 20 to 30 topics you could pick. And at the bottom, it's like, or anything else that you can think of, yeah. you know? And I just was like, oh, the first one, JFK assassination. I didn't really know a lot about it. I just knew, you know, JFK was on the fucking coin, and then he got shot. That was it. And then I started digging into all this different stuff. And, you know, I started with the National Archives and the official story and all that. And then I got to the Zapruder film, and that's kind of mm-hmm. wild. That's where, like, you know, his head's jerking back when he gets shot. Um and then the autopsy reports having like an exit wound in the back of the head. All those kind of things point to action from the grassy knoll. And I also, uh, as I was reading this, there were th- kind of three big supporting evidence theories that I used in this particular paper back then. Um, one of them was how the Secret Service reacted. So like kind of two turns before he gets shot or something, you can oh, yeah. see the two guys that are supposed to ride on the back of the limo, like right <laughs> by him. They like step off of the back and then they're like looking around like what the fuck and they're like pointing they're like holding their earpieces in their ear so like they're being called off and they're like visibly confused by it and that's on film so you can tell by their body language that they're kind of surprised and that it goes against their like instinct and what they want to do but that they like are also compelled to follow the order all that's kind of clear in the body language then um the driver also slowed way down during the opportune time for the shot. And there's this mm-hmm. witness that's visible in the Zapruder film, the woman in the red dress. I forget her name. Uh, I believe she's in here a number of times. But that woman in the red dress uh, said that she heard multiple shots. Oh, uh, yeah, Jean Hill, an important eyewitness, is mentioned in every source I've read. Um, she heard more than three shots. She was standing on the side of the street when she heard the shots. Um she looked and saw a man with a rifle behind a fence on top of the hill now referred to as the grassy knoll. So she's the one that really fingered like extra shots coming from the grassy knoll and actually seeing a man that had a rifle. Sure, I went a fence over there. I've been to Dealey Plaza now. I had to go when I was in Dallas. I was just like, fuck. Because I did this research paper. It really changed like my mind and opened up the possibilities. I was just like, oh fuck, like any of this could be bullshit. Yeah. That was the first time. I was fucking 16. And it really was like, oh, fuck. Like, they just say JFK, Lee Harvey Oswald, and then that's like, that's what we learned in school, right? Yep. That's, that's like all we learned. And then one time in school, school is like, oh, t- I don't know, teach yourself something for a paper. And I'm like, what the fuck did I teach myself? It's wild, and man. Your teacher- but I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we had that because that was the first time I really started to look at things and go, okay, yeah, but what else? What else? What else? Like, there's two sides to every story, and you have to weigh them. And you have to get them. And, you know, if one doesn't add up, if you're only taking the one that you're given at the beginning, and there's nothing to balance it on, that one is always acceptable. Lee Harvey Oswald shot from a window and killed the president. It's totally acceptable. It's acceptable because it's sad and it's tragic and it's factual in the sense that, you know, the news showed it happening. 
Yeah. And there was that narrative. (laughs) It was told to you. And so then there's no reason to dig any further. As soon as you get one reason to dig any further, then you just start always doing it. You go, wait, is there more to that? Is there more to that? Almost always more to that, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Almost always more to that shit. Um, How'd your teacher react? Like, did they like your paper? Yeah, they said it was interesting, but she, you know, didn't. Let me see here. The writing, I was really disappointed when I revisited, (laughs) to be honest with you. But uh, I really didn't try hard in school. I really didn't give a shit. Uh, She said, interesting, effective research, but there's so much more available. Watch for little errors and inconsistencies. Um, Mm. I was reading it through, and uh, I did also mention that the CIA had kind of a a hard-on out for Kennedy and probably fucked up his Bay of Pigs invasion on purpose. But I had no connection or idea about Bush yet. I hadn't taken the Bush pill. And known that, you know, H.W. Bush was the director of the CIA (laughs) and that uh, he's the only guy (laughs) that was alive at the time that doesn't remember where the fuck he was that day. Um, Yeah, I didn't know any of that shit at that point. I just knew what the the real story was wasn't true. I had two solid conclusions from doing all that research. The one was I knew the real I knew Lee wasn't the lone shooter and I knew there was another there was more action from the knoll for sure. The grassy knoll thing. That's for sure. I get more voicemails. All right, let's hear them. What? I'm talking about George Soros on oh, yeah. my podcast. Oh. And uh, I tells him they're starting to follow me around. I'm seeing black vans and shit at the end of my driveway. <laughs> and he says, look, buddy, I think you bit off more than you can do. Holy <laughs> <laughs> vain. <laughs> We made indeed. Here's another one. So my wife's a vegan, right? And she's into all this these spiritual gurus and shit. Because some reason, like spirituality and veganism goes hand in hand. She's okay. into like Deepak, Deep Deep Pop, Deep Pop uh, <laughs> Oprah's Deep. What's his name? Deep Deepak Oprah. Oprah. Deepak <laughs> Oprah. No, Deepak Oprah. <laughs> uh, That's the Chopper, one. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that dude, Deepak. <laughs> It talks about uh, deep, uh, deep. deep pop Oak Ridge. <laughs> it was a, uh, a contender. It's a fucking contender, dude. This one says transcript not available. Ooh. So we're going to know what we're getting into. So this is not that. I had a crazy day yesterday. Oh, shit. Uh, sitting at work and then uh, walking past the cubicle of the guy that sits in the same room as I do. There's only two people in my room. That's a younger guy. He's uh, 25, I think. As I'm walking past, I see him, like, flailing about and then uh, slumps over his keyboard and then oh, starts no. making, like, noises. He has, he's basically had a seizure in front of me. Oh, damn. Uh, he's never had one before in his life. I freaked out, uh, got him out of his chair and then set him down, like, on the ground so he didn't, like, thrash about and hit anything else. But uh, took him to a hospital. Uh so in my experience in the hospital was uh, wheeling him into emergency because I didn't want to just leave the guy there, even though I know, you know, it's kind of like with COVID and everything around, kind of freaked out about going to the hospital. But yeah, I don't blame you. At that. a certain point, I was thinking, like, what would I want? And I'd be like, man, that guy's a fucking dick that just dropped me off and left sure, me here. Yeah. yeah. So I did go in and uh, they had put him in a wheelchair and I kind of like, you know, pushed him through this like, uh, uh, like the movie theater ropes that they got. And yeah. they got, like, the six-foot markers on there. And they got four ladies behind the counter. 
and instead of like checking everybody in, because I think there was like only like two people in front of us, uh, instead of like working on getting everybody through the line, because it, you know, it is fucking emergency. So uh, instead of doing that, they were telling everybody to stay six feet apart from each other. So oh, for everybody, everybody would get closer than six feet together. They'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm call nine one one. Jesus like, Christ! What the fuck? Like it's emergency. Just fucking check the people in. Can you? So anyways, literally there was two people in front of him, and I think it still took like almost 20 minutes to get him through that, through the line, and get him into somewhere to sit off to the side, and then sitting off to the side inside the emergency area, which was not overwhelmed by any means, not packed, and like they keep fucking saying here, right? Mm -hmm. but uh, wheel him off to the side, then we wait another probably 15, 20 minutes to get... Uh, a doctor to wheel him back to a room. They hook him up to a machine. Uh, and actually, actually, I think it was like an assistant, nurse's assistant or a, a nurse that wheeled us back there. And then uh, sat for another over half hour in that room with nobody coming in. And then finally a doctor comes in and talks to him, goes through his symptoms and all that shit. And uh, before the doctor left, I said, uh, you know, is there a time frame on what you're going to And he so they're going to do, like, blood tests, x-rays, and shit. And he said, it's probably going to take over two hours. So oh, God. I'm like, well, I'm going to go back to work. Oh, there's the three-minute mark. Whew. Ned, Ned, this is a, this is like a edge-of-your-seat type yeah, table seriously. you've got. And you're a good guy, Hero too. Hero Ned, Ned. This, this lady over here knows a thing or two about helping people with having a seizure. Yeah. And it's like, so few people react. How many people will have a, uh, yes, this is continued, by the way, um, how many people have just watched the seizure happen and just stand there without reacting? Well, it's fucking incredible. Yeah. Let's, so, let's hear his next voicemail. Anyways, uh, sorry I got cut off, but uh, call him back. No, no Take worries two, at all. Uh, stuck up too much time. But anyhow, uh, when I left the hospital and went through the same emergency room that I came in, there's absolutely nobody there. I mean, like nobody checking in, nobody nothing. So I uh, leave there, go back to work, and uh, all is all is well uh about the topic I, I don't think i remember the first time that i remember like a politician lying but i know my dad was like so cynical and and uh uh very uh political pol- politically oriented that i kind of knew that government was full of shit by the time i was like 10 years old so i think it was just a given in my head that's probably why i generated towards like uh different things that led me to no agenda sure. i think Kind of, maybe. I don't know. I think more so that I know because uh, of Dvorak being on, uh, on with Leo Laporte more than anything that drew me towards no agenda. But that's got it's got to be like 10 years ago at least. Yeah. Anyways, 11-11. Uh, my story Make that wish. I have is about me and a buddy going and trading another friend some 6 by 9 speakers because those were the cool speakers back in the day. Traded him for a what they call a graphics water bong who makes they made water bongs back in the day they still do the big thing was like the graphics made like the four foot bong that was a big thing oh sure so uh but he traded them it was probably only like two foot long but it was a skull head on the bottom and with like the bowl coming out of his nose (laughs) so we got it from him Went and drove to a party store. We went in and got a couple of, like, Coca-Colas or something Mountain Dew, probably, more likely. Um, Yahoo Mountain Dew. And go out in the parking lot. And then a guy that we knew from the area was walking through. And my buddy shows him the bong and everything. And 
So as soon as he's showing him the bong, I look over and there's a cop in the the, uh, doctor's office across the street just like peeling out coming towards us. (laughs) So I yell and I'm like, oh my God, dude, fucking cops. So he goes and tries to, he shoves it underneath the seat that I'm sitting under and the car car seats were so low to the the carpet because it was an older, it was like a 60s, 60s or 70s car. Uh, that he, I mean, he jammed that thing underneath there. Cops came over, searched the whole car, couldn't find it, couldn't see underneath the seat enough to see it. Oh my god! And uh, the cop, my buddy, convinced the cop to search the trunk, even though the cop kept saying that the, there's no way it's in the trunk. I'm rolling. Wow, third voice now. I hope this isn't too long for you guys. No, we're good. Anyways, <laughs> um, so the guy, the cop, searching the trunk. <laughs> Meanwhile, my buddy goes in and, like, reaches from the backside of the seat to pull the frickin' water bong out from underneath the seat and then puts it in his coat. Yeah. And, like, is holding his coat like he's just, like, you know, like, uh, I don't need my coat, but I'm just going to hold it. Yep. And went around, and then the cop went to go search the the, uh, the car again. <laughs> my buddy acted like he was closing the trunk down. And, uh, anyways, he, he turned around before he had closed the trunk and tried throwing the water bong out into a field and it skipped on the parking lot and hit the curb and then bounced back into the parking lot. Oh my God. So my buddy gets everything wrapped up. And of course he's like nervous because that box sitting right in front of the, the, uh, the curb, like in the back of this parking lot. And, uh, <laughs> I could see it. Everybody could see it except the cop. Oh, thank God! And uh, he wrapped everything up, and he says, "I don't know what you boys did, but you sure pulled a fast one. I you sure got me. I don't know where you did it. I saw that water bottle clear as day, and I don't oh, know what you my did." Oh God, bro! <laughs> the cop goes to turn around, and then a shot lights shine right on that bong. Oh fuck! So he goes over and grabs it, and <laughs> right away, my buddy's like. I don't know what that is. I don't know how the hell that cop did. Right. The cop, like, he was like, you could see the cop, like, getting redder and redder that he was pissed off that we got it away from us without him, you know, ever seeing it. But he's, you know, uh, swearing that he thought with the. <laughs> That's so that, rough, like, dude. The person that had walked up that he had showed it to, we were pretty certain was long gone by then. So my buddy told him, oh, it was him. He must have threw it down there. You, you thought you saw it in my hands, but it was in his. So, anyway, it was quite a story. So, in the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Wow. Wow, Net Ned coming in with the epic tales. He can spin a yarn, man. That was awesome. That was a what great was story, story, bro. Fantastic shit. I love uh, wild shenanigans like that. I got a couple of stories. Oh. I save from another day. But, yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah. But can I circle back to the seizure thing for a minute? Yeah, absolutely. Even before the Rona, um... Okay, so in high school, I had a friend who had seizures and was on medication. Um, So it wasn't typical, but they did sometimes happen. And so uh, mutual friends went through, like, some seizure education with me and, like, how to help a person who's having a seizure and prevent them from being hurt on, you know, objects around and holding them, their head, you know, getting them down. Uh, Don't put anything in their mouth, obviously, because they'll fucking bite you. They could bite their tongue off, all that scary Mm -hmm. shit. Yep. Then I come to college, and seizures happened rather frequently in large lectures. And I I was a little alarmed because you would see someone have a seizure, and then the kid sitting next to them would just be like, ah, hey, hey, just start yelling. 
like not do anything just kind of like back off from the person in fact you know and just right. like like looks terrified like oh, i'm gonna catch something like oh like shit. something's like, happening <laughs> to them or something like, like the person's morphing into a zombie or something <laughs> but the worst one happened oh, yeah. um in a creative writing class i had which was a really small class and we would meet in like this office. I don't know how else to describe it. It's kind of like a room in a library where you would go to do a study group. Gotcha. And this girl, she just said in the beginning of class that she was an epileptic. Um, and she started looking kind of unwell, like in the beginning of class. And she got up to like go, uh, presumably to the bathroom, you know, because you, know, you don't have to say like, hey, may I go to the bathroom when you're in college? So she got up and she started heading towards the door. And then she started having a seizure. She went down. She hit her head on that concrete or the tile, you know. Yep. And then the door, she was flipping, hitting the door, and the door was just banging her on the head. And every, I was sitting the furthest away from the door. I was sitting right next to the window. And everyone is just fucking sitting there. And I was like, okay. I was like, grab the door, grab the door to my friend. Like, don't let the fucking door keep hitting her on the head. And then I had to leap into action. And then all the while, like, they call in, you know, the firefighters were the ones that responded first. Um, and they have to take her blood and stuff. You know I'm not good with this shit. But yeah. I, the teacher did not even respond. They were just going to let her fly flop it out and let the door fucking give her a concussion. Jesus Christ. I that is like probably all indoctrination aside, that is the most horrifying story of my college experience. I was just like, am I hello, is anyone on? Like is it, how you know what I mean? Sure, like yeah, that's like, fucking what if something happened to me? I, I now I do not head. feel like I'm in good hands. Like no. I used to think that good Samaritans everywhere, good, like people are good, people are, will rush into action. No. Yeah. No. I can't believe that Ned, Ned, people in your office wouldn't go near him because of the Rona. Yeah, like, fuck that. Fuck I'd be that. Like, no. I'm with you, man. When someone needs help, you help. I don't know, man. They got us all fucked up with all these stupid movies that we watch of like the end of the world type shit. Oh, zombie it's like, stuff. And- where it's like, no, don't help the person turning into a zombie because you'll need to run away. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, if they bite you, you'll be like, a zombie. Come on, man. Just help your fucking fellow man. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Emergency preparedness well, and life saving are two like merit badges I what had when I was a kid. And I learned how to do all of that shit. So while I was like kind of naive in the terms of like how the world works, I also got like really good training and just practical knowledge first aid, how to swim, how to do a bunch of shit, you know? How to rescue someone who's drowning. Tying knots and shit. Without you know. drowning. That's a something. bad motherfucker who knows how to tie good knots. That's right. Yeah. Eagle Scout. That's right. Can't take that away. We do have one text left. And All right. Shoot. This one comes from Rob. And uh, Rob said, not the first time I realized the government lied, but the first I saw how blatant it was and no one in the, in the M5M would say anything. Obama's birth certificate mm. on the White House website. All you had to do was zoom in, and you could see some of it was altered and some of it wasn't. That's a good one. And that narrative still permeates today. Mm-hmm. If you mention anything about it, you're a racist. Just right off the bat, that's just like racist. Yeah. Well, racist. Anybody, anybody who knows anything about like Photoshop and like layer manipulation of images understands that whatever that they uploaded to the website was not just a fucking scanned document oh. it was an altered document so well hey you know Malika he's, he's right that one that one is obvious and you didn't even have to be an expert like if you just use photoshop like understand what an image is and what layers are how to like open one up 
And Malik Obama's out there doing the work. He's uploaded the real birth certificate to Twitter oh, yeah, a time or the, two. With the feet prints on it. Yeah, you know, before the uh, little, this is unverified information was showing oh, up yeah, on everything. Oh, yeah, the tags. Is he even still on Twitter? <laughs> no, I feel like a, he got kicked off question. a couple of years ago or something, probably. Yeah. Too much. But, too spicy for tweeters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> too much spice. Yeah, well. I, I th- yeah, I think the the great reset is coming, and I think it's not going to work in their favor. Yeah, I think the establishment shit's gonna get reset. The established cabal, the fucking goon squad. Yeah, the uh, enormous global criminal enterprise that tries to run everything and often succeeds. Yeah, that shit needs to fucking end for sure. I'm done, totally done with that. Um, Time for Americans to band together and fight for our freedom again. Can't just roll over and accept anything less. Next week's uh, first time I ever uh, involves a little bit of a contest that you are all going to lose to Lorian. Okay, so it's the first time that you get, and hopefully you remember the first time that you ever saw the full outline of the moon. So like if it's a little crescent moon like we got going rocking right now and you can see the whole moon, even though it's just the crescent, you can see the dark part too. Yeah. The first time you ever saw dark side of the moon. First time you ever but saw the dark side of the moon. Not Pink Floyd. <laughs> the actual moon. <laughs> yeah, the actual moon and its and its dark sphere. Uh, oldest one that remembers the first time they ever saw it. Oldest one wins. That's next week's uh, story. And um, did you have anything to uh, slide at us? Oh, I forgot to roll my gutters and strikes stories. Just the fun little short stories. But we can. I'll hold them for next week. Okay. We'll put them in the stack, and we'll have a good what I will session say next week. On the way out, robot wolves protecting Japanese towns from bears. Oh damn! I can't wait. Thanks for hanging with us in the bowl. Thanks for sending in your voicemails, your emails, your bitcoins, your texts. Thank you again, Dwadnum. Your for jingles. Ex- being the executive art. producer. The water numb. Of episode 49 here. It's been fun. Uh, I've been Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Yeah, I'm Dame DeLorean. Till then, may your bowls burn ever brighter. That's a bad motherfucker who knows how to tie good knots. Yeah, can. That guy's probably a dancer. That's an amazing story, man. That's, That's cool as fuck. Cool as fuck. Cool as fuck. You know.